Hello. I'm Justin Perkins. This is Talk Junkie. And uh, it's been a while, but uh, not a while. It's been about a week. But usually, you know, it's three, four, maybe five shows a week. And uh, I think I've done one a week for the last two weeks. But it's because something very important. I was working on getting everything finalized for the book. Uh, and it is now all finalized. Um, I mean, everything. Uh, that means I even have a release date. And the release date is July 1st. This is the deal. If you want to pre-order, you can pre-order before July 1st. That way, uh, you know, because this could just fly off the shelf. Uh, that way, if for whatever reason we do sell more than we anticipate on July 1st, you're guaranteed to have one there. All you have to do to pre-order is go on Facebook.com. And go to the Red Spotted Newts Facebook page. That's R-E-A-D, the Red Spotted Newt. Send them a message. Pre-order. My suggestion would be uh, to be in with the very first group of pre-orders that come through the store is to pre-order by June 18th. So from now to June 18th, every day it's open to pre-order. Uh... We may even run some order stuff after. I'm not sure how that'll work. I'll have to kind of talk to them about that. But if you want, really want to make sure you get it in by July 1st, I would pre-order by July 19th or 18th. Um, then July 1st, it will be available in stores. So uh, let me rephrase it. July 1st, it will be available at the Red Spotted Newt nowhere else. You cannot get it anywhere else for the entire month of July than the Red Spotted Newt. So, that's that's how it goes. I'll do probably another podcast on the book when the book is out, but that's what you need for now. The book is called Creating the Perfect Slaves. Uh, again, available only at the Red Spotted Newt for the first month. Um, it, to be completely honest with you, if 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 it weren't for making it harder on her, because I will do overseas sales, you know, I don't know how many other sales I do. U.S. stuff wasn't strong for the last book, but other stuff was decent. If it wasn't for making it hard on them, I might would just leave it there permanently, but they're a small business, and she has other authors and other things to worry about, so, you know, it, it will be available other places after uh, the end of July. Um, today's podcast is something I've really been thinking about a lot lately. And it's a mix of a bunch of things that are kind of going on right now at once. I mean, you've got this pandemic thing and a lot of people being left home and and not working. Some people not working jobs they hate and have hated for a long time. You know, they're, they're, they're at the house. Uh, some people working from home for the first time ever. Some people being paid by their companies just to stay home and chill out and ride this out. But for the first time in my adult life, I've been home for more than, well, until last year, I'd never been home for more than a week. And then, you know, well, I guess I have. This is the longest I've ever been without working. Generally, it's a week's, two weeks vacation 
uh, on some years, some years no vacation. Um, some years a month maybe a slow period, you know, where, okay, January's really, really slow because of the type of industry I'm in. But I've never been off and home this much in my adult life. And, you know, if everything goes back to the way it was, I probably never will be again until I die or retire. Um, I've immensely enjoyed it. I, I could do it all the time. Um, you know, it, it just is what it is. Uh, um, it's been tight, and it's not been the same financially as it was before, but we've made adjustments, and it's been worth it. I mean, it really has been worth it. Um, but that's that's had an kind of an impact in me rethinking. And there's a friend of mine, he and I, when we discuss things, it's generally in that light, in that vein of, of work and what you're doing with life and what kind of value you put on what you're doing. And, you know, he's had some times here lately to where he's not sure. He, he doesn't feel like he can do things the way other people expect things to be done as far as working and participating in society the way people see fit for you to do. Um, and I, I definitely understand that. I, I've had that issue for a long time. And also, I'm reading a book suggested by the same friend called The Alchemist. And uh, I'm only halfway through this book. And in getting halfway through this book, it has made me think and feel um, kind of the same things that I, I had been already running through my head here lately. I look at our societal structure and I look at our economic structure and in and, and my book coming out touches it on a, on a small vein. It, it isn't, it's one of the few aspects of, of modern slavery that it didn't go into. But what we we done a podcast once about the purpose of, of life. At least I believe I did, or I did a video on YouTube. I don't know. I don't have that good a memory. The retrospective we do for the 100th episode is going to be hard. I'm going to actually go back and research my own show because I can't remember what I said because I say a lot. But where where do we get the rules for how we exist, and and, and why are we? Why are we so dead set on the way that we do things? Like it's it's an odd it's an odd situation. I mean, I understand a lot of it. Like, you know, I like to have a a good meal at a restaurant and then go do something fun. Well, everyone likes to do that. Not everyone wants to be the person working at the restaurant. Not everyone wants to be the person, say, working at the fun activity if you have to go to the fun activity. But everyone wants to be the person doing those things. And it seems like, from my experience, when I've worked in those restaurants, or I've done those things, that if you're the person working in the restaurant, you have so much less opportunity, financially and all the way around, to actually participate in 
in in the action. It's actually um, a lot less likely for you. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's money's a weird thing to me. Like I, I don't. It, it's I mean I see it. I see why we want it. I see why we hunt for it. I see why we, you know, why some people work for it. Why people some people try to take it. The the problem for me gets into okay. You have to have a job. You have to work. And you have to just suck it up and do it. And and see, I used to be good at that. You know, I, I really did. Getting married and having a kid changes your mental outlook. But I know people who work. I, look, I got a buddy that, you know, he's, he's down to one job now. The dude was working two jobs, busting his butt to, to survive, you know. And not because he was married or he had kids, because... That's the pressure. That's the weight. That's that's the stress the world put on him. Like that's that's what he had to do, you know. And it wasn't doing two things he loved. It was doing two things he had to do. Like I'm fortunate, you know. For the last couple of years, my job has been fewer hours, decent pay, but outside and and. You know, at least in an environment I like, and and at least reasonable time off. You know, used to work seven days a week. That that wasn't that wasn't fun. That wasn't, and and I understand it. Like twenty five year old me or twenty eight year old me would say, well, you know, the biggest thing is to stop being lazy and suck it up and do it because that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Now, give me seven days a week, and I'll show you. I'll work it and show you, and voluntarily work seven days a week. And, you know, I used to say there's no cure for stupid, but I've quit doing that, so maybe there is. Or at least some reprieve from it. I don't know. But if we look at our structure, our societal structure, we're able to be the innovative, car-driving, futuristic, technology-driven society we are because of the rules and principles we have in place. Go to school. Learn what the school teaches you and then go to a private school or institution and pay them exorbitant amounts of money to teach you more. Then come out of that secondary school and come out of it in debt. Come out of it broke. Come out of it owing for the rest of your life, more than likely. There's some responsible people out there who are able to pay it off in time. I'm not saying it's not possible, but most people, like myself right now, you owe for the rest of your life. Then, get a job. Not a job you want, in most cases. In, In the highest percentage of cases. Not the job you desire or or feel fulfilled at but the job that you're trained and educated to do or simply in most cases it's the job that's available now work and make it a priority get on social media and say it's all about my family get on get on social media and say it's all about them kids it's all about my boo get on social media and say whatever you want make the priority about your job 
Because if not, this job, this job that isn't what you want, this job that doesn't pay enough, this job that is everything you hate and you would rather be anywhere else doing anything else, that job will be gone if you don't make it first, if you don't make it the most important. Now, again, there are people who skate by this. There's people who do this differently. I do this differently now. Everything's not about you. The vast majority of people still stuck. That's the option. That's what makes society work. That's what gives a weird colored rock that <laughs> gold. Gold is a mineral. I mean, it, it the fact that it has value just because it's pretty and rare. That's a ridiculous thing that our money and economy at one point were based on that. And now our dollar, our U.S. dollar, it's based off nothing. Absolutely nothing. What keeps it going is greed and fear and imagination. And that's it. Lust. Desire. Hope for for something other than what you have. Those things keep it going, but it has no real basis and value. And then yet, here we are. That's that's how society works, and that's how we get to that point. But it's a trap. It's an absolute trap. We shouldn't... We shouldn't work at jobs we don't want to do. We can have responsibilities that we don't enjoy. Cooking. Taking care of property. We, we, we can have that. But not everybody has to have that. It's okay to be nomadic. It's okay to hunt. It's okay to do these things. Like that. There's long drawn out options outside of working the job you hate, paying the bills you don't want to pay, buying the things you don't really need. And, I mean, there's also that pursuit of things you do want in there that do cost money. See, they, 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 they actually do require some sort of reliance on this system that we're, we're saying is, is null and void. That it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. We shouldn't want to do these things. See, that's, that's, that's the situation that, that, we presently sit in and, and that's the conundrum that, that gets the most people oh, to have the vacations and the homes and not just travel but vacations travel and vacations are two completely different things to have the, the homes and the cars and the newest phone and the newest clothes and the newest shoes and it's so hard it's so hard to not get caught up because something about us as a species that makes that what we desire and, and, and makes that so appealing to us. It's, it's, it's an odd situation. The way out of the rat let's try that again. The way out of the rat race is to abandon the pursuit of those things, those vanities, those those luxuries. And see, it's the thing about getting this far. It's the thing about evolution. It's the thing about societal evolution. It's the thing about advancement and technology. 
once you get this far, it's hard to turn back. See, that's kind of the thing about age. When you're almost 40 and you realize, I don't want this job. I don't want this car. I don't want this house. I don't want this life. Tell you what I want. Let me work three months doing something either I enjoy, freelancing at something, doing something like that, or something that I can tolerate. Let me throw together some cash and let me hit the road. And no, let me hit the road by staying at the Radisson every night and, and, and or a Holiday Inn Express. Don't, don't let me hit the road by staying in a Comfort Inn every night. And, and don't let me hit the road by eating at um, a steakhouse every evening and then maybe even fast food at McDonald's twice a day. Don't let me hit the road like that. Let me, let me work three months and let me take an old beat-up van I paid cash for and travel the country and live inexpensively and enjoy three months of life and then come back. Or let me work six months and then go hike the Appalachian Trail for six months. Let me make living occur in equal parts to working and existing. See, when you get to that point, often, like I had, when you get to that point, there's often other traps. You're married, and your spouse doesn't want to do that. You're going to give up on a marriage because they're fine. They like the luxuries. And either they're willing to work for those luxuries, or they're willing to stay home and let you still work for those luxuries. And that can happen whether you're a man or a woman. That's not a sexist statement. Or you have kids. Is it fire to those kids? You've set them up. You literally are responsible for their wants, desires, and dependence on this life that now all of a sudden you want to rebel against. Is it fair to them? So you wait till you retire. Because that's the sensible thing. If you get 60 years on earth, if you get 60, you're going to spend 20 of them in institutions teaching you things that you don't need to know. Then you're going to spend four, and granted, the off time there is going to be some of the best times of your life. There's a reason for that. Not because childhood is that magical. It's magical, but every year could be the best years of your life. But once those first 20 years of indoctrination in, in, in schools are over, you're going to do 40 years of hard labor. It's like a prison sentence, except you didn't get judged or convicted or anything. It's just an automatic servitude. Some people escape. Some people thrive in it. Some people love it. Some people are built for it. They're like machines. It's okay. There's not... Everything is not right for every person. But then you're going to do that 40 years of hard time, sometimes 45. If you're lucky, if you're lucky by 65, you can retire and kick back. And you know what retiring means. It means traveling the world and seeing things and do all the things you couldn't do when you were slaving away at your job and not existing and waiting for this moment in time. It's what retirement is. On paper. 
that's what retirement is. What retirement really is is when your health issues have finally caught up to you, and you know what, you're just not as profitable to the company as you used to be. Retirement is a time when you may actually be dead instead of alive, so it's kind of hard to work. Retirement's a point in time to where you get all the way through life. You've killed yourself so you can live on a fixed income, so you can struggle. You don't go see Rome. You dream about it while you worry about if your money that you've got put back for retirement will cover your medicines every month. The medicines that the diet and the lifestyle that you lived for 45 years got you on. That's what retirement really is. What retirement really is, is that little passageway between the end of slavery and death. That's what retirement really is. Is that bleak? Is that dystopian? Is that a horrible outlook? Possibly. I don't know. But it seems fairly realistic to me. What do you do? How do you fight it? How do you, how do you rebel against the system? How do you change what you're stuck in? That's the problem. I don't, I don't have the answer. If you go back to when this YouTube page first started, that was one of the biggest catalysts for this YouTube page. I got laid off for the first time in my adult life and said, hey, that's not what I want to do for a living. I want to write books. And I did. I've written four to date uh, that have been published. Uh, two children's books and two poetry books. And I've got a short story book on the way. It's not paying the bills. That's more of a reflection probably of my ability to write than anything, but that's beside the point. I'm also not taking the risk that I could take and get out of the rat trap. That may be the worst part for me. I see the exit. Not only do I see the exit, but I see the path. I visualize it. It's it's there. It's tangible. It's not out of reach. It's not crazy. I see the path. It's possible. It's very, very possible. Escape is possible for me. The problem is, the real problem is, there's other people involved in the situation. There's other people that I would unfairly affect, namely my son. His business is his business. Try not to get too personal uh, about his private affairs, I guess. But he has sensory processing, and, and you know he's had some some issues that make things difficult for him. And there's there's certain things that maybe just in his mind that he requires certain things that that make life much easier for him. Um, but there's also things that that he needs. And I don't know how my ability to provide those things change. I don't know a lot of things that may happen once I kind of broke free. I've got a wife that has no desire to live life the way I want to live life. You know? I like the idea of paying for a piece of property. I like the idea of building a tiny home. I like the idea of spending more time kayaking, hiking, camping than I spend doing anything else, basically. I like the idea of traveling the country and sleeping 
in a van. You know, I, I like a, I, a lot of ideals that are miserable to the, to my, the rest of my family. I won't sit and argue with you that I have a personal responsibility to do those things regardless. Because some people would argue that. I don't really believe that. I believe that once you get into that type of relationship and you have children, I do believe you owe them something. And um, you owe them maintaining what you've set as um, a certain level of normalcy, especially with kids who don't do well with adjustment. My daughter's raised, so, you know, that's different. I don't believe I owe it to my wife once my son's raised to continue to live a way that I don't doesn't make me happy. But because of his situation, I believe I owe it to him until a certain age to maintain that normalcy as much as I can for him. Other people don't see it that way. For those people who don't have the kids yet, those people who don't have the mortgage yet, Freedom's there. It's right there. But you have to determine what freedom is to you. And I'll end it with that. See, freedom for some people, freedom for some people is the ability to exist in the way that they want. To live the way that they want. To participate in this society when they need to on the terms in which they desire. That's 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 freedom to them. And that's my ideal freedom. But so many times throughout history, in so many different situations, we've seen that some people view freedom as a continued existence in the shackles that they've always lived in. That normalcy, that um, knowing where and who they are based on the systems that have always held them down is normalcy to them. It's, it is freedom. So slavery can be freedom to certain people, at least in feeling, in, in regards to how, how they think about, about things. I think everyone has the same crisis, whatever you want to call it, that I had a couple years back at some point in life. Not everyone, but I think most people do. I think recognizing it is one thing. But I think a lot of people, and I do this from time to time, and I can tell the difference when I do this. A lot of people get mad at acknowledging that. They get mad at realizing, okay, I started work at 18, I'm 38, 
for 20 years. I've already wasted so much that I want to I want to do it different. And they get angry with that because I did. I got really angry with that. I'm not 38 yet, but I'm close. Very, very close. Um, then they realize there's things that really aren't I, I'm not big on excuses but I don't think it's an excuse I, th- I think it's good people question selfish acts and there's things that they can't do because it would be selfish and negatively affect others that keep them at least temporarily locked down and they get mad at those things but they get mad at those people and when they get mad at those people, that's when it gets really, really bad. That's that's when, at first, it's like, aha, I see my mistakes. I can work on those. I can fix those. I see freedom, and I see the path to it, and there's this positive impact from that. But the negative impact is when you see it, and you feel like someone else is the obstruction. They aren't. It's your inability to be selfish sometimes. Sometimes it's your inability to take chances and take risks and be willing to do those things. That's very true. That's, that happens. But sometimes it, it, it's, it's circumstance. And instead of being understanding of the circumstance and trying to, trying to fix the circumstance, you just get angry instead. And that never works. They use these quotes, and a lot of them are just quotes and off the top of my head, and then I have my book of quotes, and when I've done as few as I have, I don't mark off when I use a quote. So when you guys hear a quote more than once, which has been pointed out to me, I generally acknowledge it if I know it, but I don't always. To me, this quote is pretty fitting of what we talked about. Can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are, and change the ending. C.S. Lewis.